Bottle of Podcast. It is the Observations with Big Jim, number 24. Yeah, finally uh, got a chance to sit down and put some of my thoughts down as I'm recording this. It is Monday night, September the 4th, 2023. Uh, I want to remind everybody just a few things relating to the Huddle Up Podcast as uh, we are now back to our weekly live shows. We started those last week, so if you missed that one, our college football preview spectacular Go back and check that out on uh, YouTube, all podcast platforms, our social media as well, uh, which is at Huddle Up Podcast across the board, um, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, so give us a follow and a subscribe everywhere that you can. Uh, we will be back live tomorrow night, um, September the 5th. We will be looking uh, a little bit back at the weekend that was some uh, predictions for the weekend that will be in the NFL season. We will not run our predictions all the way up through the Super Bowl because we'll be doing that on the simulcast with Kyle Nash, student of the game, uh, on Wednesday night. So a active, busy week here for the Huddle Up crew. Uh, of course, you have this show. You have the uh, FKC Certified Fantasy Hour uh, as well. So if you are not subscribed to the podcast feed, you probably want to do that because the action is going to be coming uh, fast and heavy throughout the uh, football season and beyond. So uh, we are back. Um, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports, but uh, really the big thing and the big key is following along with the show at Huddle Up Podcast across the board. All right, my first observation uh, this week, and it relates to my Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They are 2-0. and They are currently outscoring their opponents uh, 98-6 to uh, through two games. Um, but, uh, you know, really the question is, what does that really mean? Um, they have played Navy. They played that game in Dublin, Ireland last week. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, they played uh, FCS Tennessee State uh, at the as the Notre Dame home opener uh, this past Saturday. Um, it means Notre Dame's 2-0. Um, you know, and, and beyond that, I, I don't know what that means for this season and, and for here from, uh, Marcus Freeman's second year. Um, but what I do know is Notre Dame is a capable quarterback, uh, from a passing standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a game management standpoint, they have an actual quarterback that, that, that Notre Dame hasn't really seen a player like this, um, under center in, in a long time. Um, I, I do know that it, I don't, I, they don't have to be playing the nation's best teams to show me that, um, he, you know, you can look at what he did at wake forest. Now he didn't win. He didn't threaten for a national championship there, but you could tell there's, there's a leadership quality. There's a playmaking ability, um, that he has that you can see, um, you know, while, uh, while he was there. So, um, the, that that's about what we know right now is uh Notre Dame is 2 and 0 and they have a quarterback um beyond that uh you know we're going to start fi finding out i mean this saturday they're at north carolina state i don't think anybody is is uh you know say, saying that this is going to be a landmark benchmark game for the season but it's it's Notre Dame's first true test of really any kind um and that's no disrespect to navy or tennessee state but i i didn't I didn't fear those games. I didn't question if Notre Dame was going to win those games. Um, then they have Central Michigan, and then the schedule starts to, to heat up. 
Uh, they host Ohio State to close out uh, or, or on September the 23rd. Um, and then they have USC on October, October 14th. Then they have Clemson in November. Um, there, there, there's, there's challenging games there and there's some sneaky challenging games in there as well. Um, as, as the schedule rounds out, but we're going to start to learn a lot more, um, about Notre Dame. And I still stand by what I said in, in the college football preview episode last week. Again, go back and listen to it if you have not, uh, already, but I think that out of the big three games that Notre Dame has in front of them, and that is hosting Ohio State, hosting USC, and traveling to Clemson. That I think they have, they are capable. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that they will, but they are absolutely capable of winning at least two or three of those games. And as we're si- and as I'm sitting here tonight recording this, Clemson is losing to Duke 13 to seven halfway through the third quarter. Okay. So don't tell me Notre Dame's not going to have a chance in that game. Hell, Notre Dame travels to Duke where currently Clemson is losing on September the 30th, the week after Ohio State. So all of a sudden, you know, could that game be sneaky difficult? Again, not saying it's going to be a loss, but saying could it be a sneaky difficult game? Um, But again, we don't know. We don't know how good Clemson is. We don't know how good Notre Dame is. We don't know how good Ohio State is. We don't know how good Duke is. We don't know how good or bad Duke is. We don't know how good or bad any team is through one or two games. But more on that later. My 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 point is Notre Dame has a chance to beat Ohio State. Notre Dame, Ohio State didn't cover against Indiana this week, okay? Like, so... The they have a chance in that game. They have a chance against USC, and they absolutely have a chance against Clemson. They have a chance in every one of their games left on their schedule. Again, I'm not sitting here and saying that I'm predicting Notre Dame to go 12 and 0. I'm not sitting here saying I'm predicting them to go 10 and 2. But I'm saying they can go 10 and 2. They could go 11 and 1. There's a possibility they could go 12 and 0. There's a possibility they could finish eight and four or seven and five if, if you don't watch out. I don't think that's going to happen with this team, but there's always that possibility. Um, next observation: uh, people <laughs> people need to chill. Uh, and I know this is a little bit old, and, and I didn't have a chance to to get it down when uh, the the news really first started to break about it. But but people need to chill. Uh, about the um, Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys thing. Uh, people are are kind of taking it out of proportion, out of uh, – it just – it doesn't mean Dak's going to lose his job, okay? Um, you know, I, I, I think the Cowboys looked at a situation where, um, if you believe reports, Trey Lance was a guy the Cowboys thought about and, and, and would have wanted – in that draft year. Obviously they didn't get a chance to get him because of where the Niners got him, but it didn't work out in San Francisco and he's going to be a third stringer, um, this year. And the Dallas Cowboys gave up a, what is it? A fourth round pick for a guy that's making like a million against the cap. There's literally no risk there for, if you're from the Dallas Cowboys standpoint, zero, none zilch, no risk whatsoever 
in trading for, for Trey Lance. And no, I don't think it's a now Dak has to look over his shoulder situation. Trey Lance is going to start the year as a third stringer in Dallas. But there's potential there. Okay? Dak Prescott and, and, and uh, Cooper Rush, Riptide Rush, are both in their 30s. Trey Lance is what, 23? So if you can develop this guy over the next two years and, and have him train and, and learn behind Dak Prescott, What's to say when Dak's deal is up in two years that Trey Lance isn't ready to take over this team if he can stay healthy and, and learn this team? Now you have a guy who's going to be making considerably less money than Dak Prescott, and you can begin to b build more of a team around him as you're going to have to start you know, getting you know, CeeDee Lamb's deal and hopefully Tony Pollard's deal and, you know... <laughs> There's going to be contracts that start to come up on this team. Micah Parsons. There's going to be guys that are going to need up need to end up getting paid. And if Dak Prescott is still there, you may not have the ability to pay some of the guys you need to pay. So it's smart from a Cowboys standpoint. It's smart from the 49ers standpoint to get something out of a guy that they they that seemingly they were done with. Um but uh, I hope he succeeds. Obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan. I hope he succeeds. Um, Cowboys start their season this Sunday against the New York Giants again. We're gonna we're gonna predict um, division winners, or wild card teams in each conference uh, tomorrow night on Huddle Up Podcast Live, starting at eight thirty here on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Huddle Up Podcast. And then uh, Wednesday night on the Student of the Game simulcast, we will be. Uh, talking uh, our playoff brackets and playing it out all the way through uh, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas in February of 2024. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and go game by game on the Dallas Cowboys because I'll give my my record prediction. But, um, you know, the Cowboys start Sunday uh, at the New York Giants. Um, you know, they got, they got a couple tricky ones early. They host the Jets in week two, the 49ers in week five. The, they're... Uh, at San Francisco uh, in week five, at the Chargers in week six. Um, you know, so so really four out of your first six games um, are challenging. Giants, Jets, 49ers, Chargers. And three out of those four are on the road. Luckily, you have a Cardinals team and a Patriots team that I don't think are very good in weeks three and four. But, you know, we're going to find out really quickly. Um, is the uh, subtraction of Kellen Moore and the subtraction of Ezekiel Elliott um, an addition, so to speak, for this Cowboys team. Um, and then coming out of a bye week in week seven, you have the Rams, Eagles, Giants, Panthers, um, you know, some tricky games on the back end with Seattle, Philly, at Buffalo, at Miami, home against Detroit, and then at Washington to close out the year. But really, I mean, you look at that week 13 through 17 stretch. Host Seattle, host Philly, at Buffalo in December, at Miami on Christmas Eve, and then host Detroit to close out your home portion of the season. That's not an easy stretch either. So you, 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 you start <laughs> four out of your first six are tough. And then five out of your last six are tough. 
That that that's nine games out of seventeen. That's half your schedule, really kind of packed in 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 uh, in, in tough sequence. You know, if the Cowboys want to go twelve and five this year again for the third straight year under Mike McCarthy, they're going to have to do the work. If the Cowboys are going to want to make that stride past wild card weekend or divisional weekend, they're going to have to do the work. In a way, I kind of like that the back end of the schedule is, is, is a tough one because we're going to find out. Can this team do it? Is this team good enough? We will see starting Sunday at New York. Go Cowboys. Um, looking at some of the some of the stuff from college football this past weekend, and I go back to Thursday. We're, uh, we were watching. Uh, I was watching this game uh, while uh, doing the three CT podcast. Bing. Um, Nebraska, Nebraska, man. Uh, they 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 certainly had a, a more than more than one opportunity to put away Minnesota, and they just kept giving the ball away. Um, do I think Matt Rule is going to kind of turn that team around a bit? I do. I think Matt Rule understands, um, you know, how, how to get the best out of his players. And I think he is a better college coach than he is an NFL coach. Sorry, Panthers fans. Um, but um, it, 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 this is, this is going to be a work in progress for Nebraska and for Matt Rule. I really do. It's going to take some time. Uh, to undo some of the bad that's been done with the Nebraska Cornhuskers over the past 10, 15, 20 years. How many years has it been since Nebraska has been worth a damn? Um, but man, they, they, they Nebraska again on, uh, on, on Thursday, they're going to have a big game coming up this coming Saturday, which, um, you know, and I, and I, and I said more about, uh, you know, it, things when I was talking about Notre Dame, things being one game, and we don't know how good teams are, and we don't know just how things match up after one week. An overreaction week and season is already upon us. You know, I know everybody talks about overreaction Monday after week one of the National Football League, but we're already there in college football. And I know I'm going to upset student of the game, Kyle Nash, and I'm sure I'm going to have to collect receipts on Wednesday during the simulcast as part of the student of the game. Bing! Colorado beats TCU. Okay. Colorado beats TCU. And the college football world was shocked by that result. I, I, there is not a lot of people who predicted Colorado to beat TCU week one. They did it 45 to 42. An impressive win for the Colorado Buffaloes. Without question or debate, an incredible start to the Deion Sanders era of Colorado. Okay? But... And this is the part that's going to upset student of the game, Kyle Nash. Bing. And again, I know I'm, I'm, I'm purposely doing this because I, I, I know I'm, I'm going to have receipts to answer on Wednesday. But we don't know how good TCU is. 
Okay. I, I have never been a fan. And if you know me, you know, I have rattled on this point for years that preseason rankings are ridiculous. And the, TCU being 17th in the country could very well be an indication of that. And in my mind, them being 17th is an indictment of the pre is another indictment of the preseason ranking system. Because I don't I don't I don't think they're going to be that good. Again, I don't know. So if they are, I'll eat crow. If Colorado ends up being that good, I'll eat crow. Apparently I have multiple people waiting to collect receipts on me on that one, but whatever. TCU was in the national championship game last year. That that's not this TCU team. Okay, this isn't this isn't the National Football League. This isn't Major League Baseball. This isn't the NHL. This isn't the NBA where you retain a good portion of your roster year over year. Now I I haven't done the I haven't done the the deep dive on TCU's roster to know how many players they have returning from the national championship uh, losing team, but I know they've lost some critical pieces and I, and, and I don't think this is the same team that did it. I also think at times TCU during the season got, I hate to use the word lucky, but they, maybe they won some games that they probably maybe shouldn't have. I'll put it that way, but they, they, they won the big 12. They won. They won in the semifinal, and then they then they lost in the national championship. But that's not with the, that's not this team. But and and but I think you can give credit to Colorado with also pointing out the fact that meter expectations. This is one week. Now looking at their schedule, I I think Colorado goes three and zero before things really get interesting because I think they beat Nebraska this week in the home opener. Then I think they beat Colorado State at home on the 16th. But then things get a little tricky because you have Oregon, you have USC, you still have UCLA and Oregon State and Arizona, which I think is a potential loss there. And then you close the year with Utah. There's other there's other wins there. Arizona State, Stanford, Washington State. I think you win those. I tweeted out today, I think best case scenario, Colorado finishes the year seven and five. Worst case scenario, I think they're six and six. Either way, you're a bowl team. And guess what? Your season's a success then. Guess what? Your season's been a success since before you snapped the first play because you were on Fox Big Noon kickoff last week. You're on Fox Big Noon kickoff this week. You're on ESPN guaranteed um, the, on the 16th, on the, on, uh, October 13th, you're getting more national coverage. The Colorado Buffaloes are this year before they even played a snap than they have in a long time. So this season was already a success. If they went three and nine, if they went two and 10, but they're going to be better than that. But I, I, I'm not I'm not ready to say this team, because you put up gaudy numbers against a Big 12 squad, always bet the over, death taxes and the over. I, I, I don't think that automatically puts them, uh, you know, as a top 25 team, as a top 10 team. Like, people, I think, need to meter their expectations. 
That's all I'm saying. And I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. But here we are. Overreaction season has begun. Uh, my next observation is uh, Big Game Brian has struck again. For Notre Dame fans, you know exactly what I mean. LSU fans, welcome to the party. Uh, Florida State upsets. Uh, number eight, Florida State upsets number five, LSU. Again, preseason rankings, they are what they are. Uh, upsets LSU 45-24 to in a game that I don't think was even that close when you looked at that second half. Um, but this is, I think I saw Brian Kelly has the third most losses as a head coach um, of a top five team. And the only the only two coaches above him were Joe Paterno and and Woody Hayes, who coached for like 180 years combined. That's not that's not a good stat, Brian. That's not a good stat, LSU. And here's the thing, I and I know this is probably another thing that student of the game Kyle Nash will talk to me about on Wednesday. Bing the simulcast. Starting at 8.40, Huddle Up Podcast, YouTube channel, and all the places you can find Student of the Game Live. Follow at the SOTG on Twitter, Instagram, I believe. Go to at, at the SOTG on Twitter. I know that one's a, for a fact. And the Student of the Game on, on podcast on Facebook. Um... Brian Kelly, big game Brian Kelly strikes again. And here's the thing. I understand that that he was arguably the best coach in Notre Dame's history. He's the only head coach in Notre Dame's history to have four straight 10-win seasons. I know that. I watched it. I lived it. I defended Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. I'm also happy that he's not our quote-unquote problem anymore. Okay? Because I think Brian Kelly, you know, now that I'm really looking back on it, I think Brian Kelly and Notre Dame hit their peak together. It happens with all great coaches. It happened with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. And I was, as I was watching the Netflix documentary Quarterback, which I'll talk about in a minute, my wife asked, do you think the Eagles regret getting rid of Andy Reid? And I said, I don't think they do. I understand that he's gone and won Super Bowls with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles have won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson. Pardon me while I go vomit again. But I don't think they regret it because I think the Eagles hit their peak with Andy Reid. I think the Notre Dame hit their peak with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly used Notre Dame as a stepping stool to get to the uh, to the SEC and to get to LSU. Okay? So while I'm happy for Brian Kelly's tenure and what he did to turn around the Notre Dame program, I can also at the same time be happy that he's no longer there, that he's no longer getting his team ill-prepared for big games and big moments. Again, LSU, welcome to the party. And while I hate both of the teams that played last night, LSU fans have been so cocky about 
stealing Brian Kelly from Notre Dame and then watching LSU fans come unglued about we got duped, what have we done, fire Brian Kelly, I loved it. Because this fan base thought that they won the lottery and maybe they found out that they didn't. And may, maybe he turns the season around. Maybe he ends up winning a national title there. But the, the I, you lose another game like this in a big game moment, people are going to forget about that Alabama win last year real quick. Okay? Because SEC football is big, is, is big time business. And when you have Georgia winning national titles, you have Alabama winning national titles, and, and you keep... You keep failing. You're going to have a problem, Brian. You're going to have a big problem. All right, two quick things here. Two observations quick before I uh, I close up uh, for this uh, for this episode. Uh, if you have not watched the Netflix quarterback uh, series Quarterback, uh, I highly recommend. It. I think it's a must watch if you're a football fan. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota were featured in this documentary series that chronicled last season in, in the NFL. Um, and man, it was just really cool to see uh, kind of what, in, in, in different ways, um, three very different quarterbacks go through the process of an NFL season. And, um, you know, I think it made uh, each guy more likable um, in, in some ways and, and, um, you know, and, and how just how very different every, every player is and how, uh, the, the preparation for each week and things that they like to do and, and how they decompress after games. And, um, you know, and it's also a reminder that, that these guys are human beings. So it's, it's a reminder that, that, you know, these guys aren't machines. These guys aren't, uh, robots. These guys are, um, are human beings. And I think we all need to, Remember that sometimes, myself included, uh, myself included. Uh, and lastly, um, just as I'm closing up, man, I am excited for sports this fall. I'm going to tell you why. Um, Notre, this Notre Dame team, I already said, could could be special. And not a prediction, but they certainly could go 12-0. You know, this Dallas Cowboys team that's won 12 games each of the last two years um, has actually gotten better, has improved the roster this offseason. Um, so that has me excited. Uh, I guess talk to me in January to see if I'm still excited about being a Cowboys fan. But um, the Baltimore Orioles are, are are really good. They're currently in first place in the, in the uh, AL East. Um, second best record in baseball. I haven't been able to say that in God knows how long. Um, the Phillies, um, who've kind of lived they're like my, my secondary team coming off a world series lost last year. Um, they look to be getting hot at the right time. Uh, the Washington Capitals have a new head coach and kind of renewed energy in Washington. The Hershey bears are coming off defending, um, Calder cup champions. That season begins in just a little over a month and, um, and huddle up is back. Fantasy football's back, man. I'm excited. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to try and get these observations out hopefully every week throughout the football season. 
Not a guarantee, but I'm going to do my best. Um, but I appreciate everybody for all your support. Again, if you have not subscribed to the show on, say, YouTube, on your podcast platforms, please do that. Please give us a rating and review. If you are subscribed to us and you enjoy the product, share it with people. You know, I, I want to put out a challenge to people. Let's get our numbers up this year. Let's get as many people in here, interact with us on our live show, you know, get involved, interact with us, talk trash. Let's have some fun. Let's make the 2023-2024 season uh, of Huddle Up Podcast the biggest that we've had to date. I'm excited about it. Um, Again, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports, but the big thing, at Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, subscribe on all podcast platforms. Please continue to share the show. Um, I certainly do appreciate it. We have merchandise over on T Public. Hit the link tree um, on our social media pages. That's where it'll get it to you. And man, I am excited for this. We will talk to you tomorrow night. Huddle up live, uh, September the fifth, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Wednesday night, September the sixth, we have the simulcast with the Student of the Game podcast. Kyle Nash, our friend, the whole family is going to be together twice this week. And uh, we can. I am so excited about it. And uh, NFL starts on Thursday. College football is still rolling, man. It is. We are off and running. I hope you have a tremendous week. And until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and as always, go for the wind. <laughs>